Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Hello, Andy. Morning. Morning. Top of the morning to you. Sure. I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore. Canceled. Do the Irish really say that? I'm sure at some point they did. Anyway, anyway, good talk. Good, good pet talk. If we, if we on get on the sports, if we get a little research on that. Let me know. Great. Hop, in, hop into those YouTube comments. Yeah, man, we got we got we got a nice little nice little NBA playoff rundown. A little a little NHL playoffs. I've been. Ooh. Here's the thing. You've been watching a, hockey. It's all because of Ryan. So shout so, out to I mean, Ryan. shout out to Ryan. Yeah. Do you have a hockey team you root for, or have you not decided which player is your favorite player yet that you'll follow around the league? How's this working? Are you a Kraken fan? I, I haven't decided who I'm rooting for, but uh, Columbus see, next year. You no, can so go this, to a couple, couple Blue Jackets games. So this is this is this, and the Dirtballs will understand this. They will be like, "That's the most Ruther thing ever." Watching the Panthers, Maple Leafs. I always want to. Leafs, right? Leafs. I always want to say Leafs. Watching the Panthers Maple Leafs. There we go. And uh, by the way, apologies to Ryan. I mean, down 3-0. That's a it's a tough hole to get out of. But anyway, I, I became hung up on the the nickname Panthers that I've went down Wikipedia and how many Panthers are in Florida. There's there's Panthers in Florida, right? Well, there are. There are. Yeah. There's about yeah. two. That's what I wanted to say. There's about it's the most like Andy Ruther thing ever is I'm watching the game and now I'm focused on what's the status of this animal. Got down to about 70 in the seventies. Thanks to that's some, like a serious XM station. Yes. It 70 is. in the seventies, but thank God to some, you know, conservationist and animal activist. We're up to about 200. Okay. Basically up- tiger King and uh, the chick, they, they brought them back. Yes. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol fucking Baskin. So we're up to about 200, but I did learn something interesting, and I don't have a timeline on this. The the Panthers used to extend all the way in the belt handle to Louisiana and even in Arkansas. Wow. Now they are in the southwestern part of Florida, hence the name Florida Panthers. But look, they're still there. So shout out to all those roaming Panthers. That are in the state of Florida, but good luck against the the pythons because I know that's an invasive species. Mm. Fun fact. That's anyway, fun fact. that is where I was watching, and and so I was disappointed. This is some. I mean, I'm so glad I got you those fucking dad shoes. You're you're full Midwest dad. I I mean, this is this is something that goes on. This is something just dads in general. They get hung up on something, and next thing you know, they're like, "Oh, I was Wikipediaing it the other day." Yeah, but I've always been a dad. That's the thing. I was talking about uh, um, 
I was talking to my girlfriend's dad the other day about like, for some reason he brought up like crew and rowing crew and the type of body builds that like do crew or whatever. And I was like, he was like, you're, you actually have a good, you have a good body for crew, you know, long. And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, the only crew people I know are, uh, the Winklevoss twins. They went to my high school and, uh, they were, they were tall, lean guys. They were, they were built like pretty much like me a little bit taller, but like tall, lean dudes. And he was like, that's interesting. They went to your high school. Huh? That's interesting. Then like four days later, we're in the car. He's like, so I Wikipedia, the Winklevoss twins. And I was like, why? Like I was literally just talking about how they, they were built as dudes. You know, they're in crypto now, you know, they, they, and I was just like, this is it. We had a conversation about crew body types. You spent the next four days Wikipediaing the Winklevoss twins. I didn't know you went to high school, the same high school. Yeah, that's correct. Like what class were they? Uh, they were uh, two years below me, I believe. I believe they were sophomores when I was a senior. Interesting. And yeah. I thought you were going with when you said crew, the only crew I knew. I thought you were going to say two live crew to throw sure. for a Yeah, ring. yeah. And then he's like, "What? I was Wikipedia." No, I mean, the I know a crew. lot of I know a lot of different crews. The only thing I know about rowing crew, though, I was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." I was like, "The only people I know who ever rode crew for real were these two dudes." Oh, that's interesting. Cut to seventy-two hours later. Hey, want to talk about the Winklevoss twins Wikipedia page? No. Is that a dad thing or is that a, hey, we have technology, we can fall down? Yeah, the but I, th- I think it's, you know what I think it is? I think it's like the, I think it's the crossover between like the tech age of having Wikipedia and the people who like are old enough to like be like, can you imagine if I always just had an encyclopedia on hand? So every time somebody could fucking brought something up, I could look it up. Cause like kids, they don't give a shit. I mean, so that's like, us. That's us. You're talking about us, like our age. I know. I'm talking about us, and I'm also talking about obviously people older than us who sure. also have phones. Yeah. No, I was I was reading something because that I was reading a story about like you know millennials. They say everyone we've debated this, but like they say is like 1980 to 96, and it's like. I'm 81 and they're saying like now the quote unquote geriatric millennials are facing reality of being old and gray hair and all the things that, you know, I'm experiencing. But it was funny thinking like the thought of me having a relation to somebody born in 96 isn't really the same because the Internet came to my house when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely a window there of elder millennials and like the the last of Gen X that is like its own thing. And I think there's a name for that. Like there's like a four year window or something like that, like 78 to 82 or something like that. It's like a there's a window of like what that era is, that subsection of the things, because, you know, I'm 79. So like by definition, I guess the end of Gen X. But I'm always like, well, I do love Pearl Jam. So that's very Gen X of me. But I, but I don't spend my time talking about how Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time because Bill Lambeer would, would murder people today. So that's very not Gen X of me. Well, I, I'm going to hop in the segue of the Jordan talk. With Ooh, little, is this little, a segue into the NBA? Cool, Devin Booker talk. Ooh, Devin Booker is greater than Michael Jordan. Let's do some fucking turn on the TikTok camera, as Bill Simmons says. Well, here's the thing. The, the efficiency which he's performing right now 
is kind of next level. And one, I don't think it's getting the attention it probably deserves. I know it's the second round. They've only played two series. But when you're averaging 36.8 points a game on 61.7% shooting throughout an entire playoffs, again, we're a series and a half in. It's like it's like I saw just a quick headline, and I didn't even, I didn't even want to watch the video. It was Kendrick Perkins saying he's like a young Kobe. No, no he's not. He's, yeah, what? Yeah. Kobe's never played at this efficiency. They're no. not even close. No. Not, not even sniff the efficiency of what Devin Booker's doing. So but don't people disrespect can't, him. But people can't like he Devin Booker is not a modern NBA guard in that all those points are not coming on threes. He's getting the basket Correct. a lot. He's shooting in the mid-range a lot. And people just cannot like People are like their brains, just like uh, last guy shoot him in range. Kobe Bryant, <laughs> fucking total freak out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the the Kobe, like Kobe. I would say Kobe hasn't had. I would bet that Kobe hasn't had as many efficient playoff games in his career, as as many playoff games as efficient and heavily scoring in his career as Devin Booker has had this playoffs. Do you think Kobe had like, what's Kobe Bryant? What's Devin Booker averaging for the playoffs? 37, 36.8. So do you think Kobe has six or eight or yeah. Do you think Kobe Bryant has six 36 point playoff performances where he shot 60% and over? I mean, he doesn't have one. <laughs> I'm serious. I, 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 I'd be shocked if he had one. I have his playoff stats right in front of me. You know, he, he's, his three highest playoff points per game is 32.1, 32.8, 30.1. But when it comes to field, that, that's the thing about Devin Booker is the field goal percentage. Again, the efficiency. This Guys, series, I mean, I said it. I said it. The, the reason it's not getting attention as much as attention is, is precisely what I said leading into this round. Despite the fact that in actuality, it might be the best series in terms of talent. It might be the best series in terms of like the team that comes out of this might have the best chance of winning the fucking championship in terms of all the things on paper from a basketball casuals standpoint for people who don't know the game that well, it's the least interesting series. Well, I probably fall into that because I saw the 2-0 lead and I said, oh, I think. Well, this is dude, done. I you know what? This the second you said that last episode, I was like, do I tell Ruther? Like, this is something I've been thinking about ever since I go, do I even mention to Ruther like that Denver's fucking road like uh record is pretty shit? Uh that like, you know, we're we're talking about like this could easily be a two two zero, but I, but you going it's over. I was like, it's it's so on brand for the Ruther. When you said that, I was almost like, oh, it's going to be 2-2. Two, two. Like, I'm almost certain of it now. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Can well, you say, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We'll say, we can save it for later. But I'm going to say the Knicks are done. Preview to the Knicks series. But, but during that talk, I'm going to need you to say it too. Because it might be our only hope. Yeah. Well, I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still. Not sure on that one as far as saying anything, anything's done, especially after what happened here. But 
This series is totally up in the air. Here's the line on Booker. He's leading all playoff participants in points per game, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. Yeah, it's bananas. It's his full-on fucking welcome to the big time. Like, he's been a great player for a, a, a lot of years now, but in terms of just doing it at a level that really we haven't seen in a long time from fucking anybody and like the the most interesting part of the uh I, I don't want to say the most interesting part but the the thing that makes this series so special is the years 2023 we have a conference semifinal series and kevin durant is the third best player in that series yeah I know he's had injuries I know he's changed teams but it's not like Kevin Durant's not playing well Kevin Durant's playing great but Kevin Durant is not a two top two player in that series and it's not fucking close the two best players in that series are a level above most of the league but they're certainly a level above Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's playing great. Well, here's the thing about I would I would say when you if you watch a Jokic and a Devin Booker from just a purely aesthetic standpoint, I would call this and, and a lot of times I feel the same way if you watch like a Warriors game if they're playing how they should, a beautiful form of basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like it is a everyone got hung up on the Jordan and we all and I'm not trying to throw a tug on her, but you know, that was a discussion of Jordan's game is it's beautiful to watch like yeah but like like the back, it's the back to the basket smacking guys putting your ass in them backing up put back back ball doesn't move for 10 seconds turn around Jay so exciting but like this is a fluid beautiful game to watch played at this level especially if you like scoring now obviously Jokic had 50 points last night but I'm saying Devin Booker is scoring at such a high level but also effortlessly effortlessly whatever you know the word i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> you you did not say effortlessly effortlessly yeah oh, the struggle is real i was not fluid at all with how i said that but my point you is said effortlessly like michael jordan or kobe bryant would get their points yes i'm back in and i finally finish and it, you know uh, you you almost you didn't get it out but a ref blew a whistle halfway through the word and now you get to go to the free throw line for a reset so it, it's it's like you know, for anybody not watching, that that'd just be my piece of advice. And that like, game, even like the the game last night was the best game in the playoffs by far. Uh, you know, there were so many times where the the lead ballooned, and yet you kind of knew with the with the speed that the game was being played at that really an eight point lead is two possessions and three possession two possessions, and you're like this game is again, a one-point game so or a two-point game. And it's like anytime a game's two, three, four points, it's like it doesn't matter. So, yeah, I mean, even you're talking about leads that are ballooning to like 10, 11 points. Like we're two possessions away from this being like absolutely anybody's game. And that's, and that's just one stop, you know? And it's crazy. Jokic plays so well. Um, 
obviously we have the altercation with the owner that we'll go into, but Jokic plays so well and Booker and Durant, like it's, it's the kind of game where you look at the three, the big three in the games uh, numbers. And if you look at any other basketball game, generally, if anybody does what one of those guys do, you're almost guaranteed that that's going to be a win. And meanwhile, like for Jokic to put up those numbers and lose and Booker to put up those numbers in the first couple games and lose. It's like, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. No, Cause really. if you look around the, if you look around the series it's like when Jimmy Butler has his go off games, they win, they win when Harden, you know, Harden night on night off win, win like Anthony uh, Davis it, night on Davis. win. Yeah. Yeah. Night off lose for sure. The altercation was pretty wild. Like the altercation with with the owner. Well, first of all, I'm I'm gonna pull up the clip because I'd like to just have it there as as we discuss it. You know, he goes out, and here's the thing: we obviously have a massive flop. Yes. Like next level flop by the Suns owner. Yeah. Um, what is the it? The arm throwing the arms up. Yeah. Matashiba. Yeah. So he throws the arms up. He flails. He's also holding on to the ball. If yeah. you watch it, dude, he's not trying to give the ball up. Now, is Jokic being aggressive to get the ball back? Yeah. But if you watch it here, He's just holding on to the ball. Yeah. I love what Jokic did. In fact, this has changed my fandom of this series. I didn't really have a dog in this fight. I am full-fledged rooting for Denver now. I mean, listen, I am... Tell me you don't like seeing a billionaire get shoved. Oh, I mean, first of all, I love it. Second of all, I agree with you. Like, listen... There, there's absolutely no innocent parties here. I mean, Jokic does shove him. Correct. Jokic does go grabbing for the basketball when, like, I don't know why. Like, this isn't this. This isn't like FIBA ball where he can just like once he gets a hold of the ball, he can just like send it into Pablo Prigioni for a fast break off of fucking while a guy's still in the stands. Like this, you know, it's not like we're in a rush to get the game started again. But, um. The bottom line is the douche owner in his fucking, you know, in his bomber jacket. Dude, you're in Phoenix in May. Like, what? You have your jacket on, just sitting there in your bomber. Like, what are you doing? Top Gun cosplay? Like, <laughs> and then, and then the, 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 the tucking the ball under the arm, like he's the kid in the program who's not allowed to fucking fumble. Like, get, like, what are you doing? It's, it is, it's total do shoner behavior. And I like that Jokic goes in and tries to get the ball, even though that was kind of, you know, he, he certainly escalated it by doing that. I would have liked to see Jokic just go in and punch the ball out of his hands instead of trying to grab it from him. Um, but he goes to try to get the ball. It, you know, it is kind of an aggressive, but when the guy doesn't let him take it, when you have an NBA player there who wants the ball and you don't let him take it, now I'm like, anything goes. Yeah, fucking shove him. And and such a flop. Such a flop. 
You know he played basketball at Michigan State, right? Yeah, he's a walk-on at Michigan State. Yeah. You know who fucking, you know who, you know who, like, classic white point guard taking the charge flop. He's like, it's like if Steve Wojciechowski fucking owned a basketball team. I know. No, for sure. It's, well, and here's the thing. These, like, in this instance, it's, we talk about the refs a lot, but it's the same thing where it's, you're trying to become involved with the game, man. Like, be Cuban, be Balmer. They can be lunatics in their own regard. They're not becoming involved with the actual game. Yeah. Right? Like, would you agree? He, and he's still, a, and like, the, the bottom line is, like, just, just take the ownership thing out of it. He's still a fan. Like, give up the ball, sit down, like, if this was the guy who went after Russell Westbrook in the luxury suite, we'd be like, "Bro, sit the fuck down." Um, or, or, or like, what? Imagine if it was a Raptors game and if it was Drake, he'd be getting absolutely destroyed today. They're like, "Bro, you don't play in the NBA. Take your fucking jersey off and sit down." Well, that's what Jokic actually said, and I'll play his response. Jokic kept calling him a fan, and obviously, he's directly taking a dig at him, but he's also speaking truth. It is a fan. Like you're you're sitting courtside. You're a fan, man. You might own the team, but you're still kind of a fan. And that's what Jokic said afterwards, which I, I love. Like, first of all, Jokic is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you hear him talk, and I just I, mean, I, I like the idea, by the way, of this guy, the the owner, Matt Ishbia or whatever, like he's gonna wake up tomorrow in a John Wick scene. The yeah. two Jokic brothers are going to be in his house with his fucking dog, and he's going to be, they're going to be like, "Oh, you now we hold your dog like you hold the ball. Come <laughs> take it from us, maybe. You get worse than elbow to throat." I know that's exactly what I was thinking. Of. I was going to where so are like, the can Yo- you um, can you imagine tomorrow morning you're just in some palatial Scottsdale mansion, and you wake up to Hasbula next to you, and he's like, "Oh." What's up now? And then the Jokic brothers are like, we're going to eat your dog. So he told me he was elbowing the, the, the fan. So, But the fan put the hand on me first. So I thought the, the league supposed to protect us or whatever. So, But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. So we will see. Did you happen to know who the fan was? He's a fan of... He's on the... On, 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 I know who he is, but he, he's a fan, isn't he? I love this. Right? Yeah. He's ready to say owner. He doesn't want to. Yeah, Jokic he refuses. Doesn't want to give him the props that he's the owner. He's been he's been in a fucking Eastern European uh, detectives fucking investigation before. He like knows. He's like, I, I would like to see a lawyer. <laughs> They're like, but do you know who it was? He's like, a fan. I believe he's a fan. Did you know his own? No, I mean, he could be, he owned, we all own something. I own house, I own car. He owns something. I don't know. He's, he owned courtside seats. I know that. Uh, he's a sitting senior. Phoenix Suns owner. Sitting on the courts and he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah. That doesn't mean that he's a, so whoever it is and he's a fan, he cannot influence the game by holding the ball. Do, do you worry that this may lead to a fine or suspension or anything? Why? Like that? Uh, just <laughs> if the NBA official said that he thought Why? you shoved him. Mm-hmm. 
So, but his hands on me. So, I'm, they're not gonna protect me. They're gonna protect the fan. The I mean, fan. No, not me. Not me as a person. But I'm, I'm talking about as a player. Yeah. I mean, they can do whatever. I, of my course, my favorite part of this they don't is care, when they go, "Are you worried about being suspended?" And in his head, he goes, "For being 345 pounds and throwing elbow to neck of small person." Yeah, I'd probably get suspended. And then he but instead he answers, Why? <laughs> I think you know why. I think we all know what the question is about. The question is about you fucking throat slamming a guy with your elbow who who you take shits bigger than. I have a feeling Nikola Jokic owns a dog bigger than Matt Ishbia. Yeah, he probably does. He's like, what? For what? Because fan. Neck, elbow, neck, neck, butt, my elbow? Come on. How about protecting my elbow? I thought NBA protect elbow. No? NBA protect throat of of fan? Okay. Agree (laughs) to disagree. (laughs) I think you're supposed to protect players. Were, Were you surprised that he didn't just hand you the ball? I mean, that's... What I expected maybe would happen. The fan would. Even if he didn't, I was I was trying to rip the ball, and so he didn't let go. So he's influencing the game. I think. I think he's supposed to get kicked out if he's influencing the game. I love that. I, love that. That, I think that's my favorite line too. Like he's presupposing that like who would kick out the owner? The owner kicks out the owner. Shouldn't whoever be in charge of this arena kick out fan man? Oh, he is in charge of the arena. Yes, I know, but you know how, like, maybe security overrule or something? Take bad man, put him outside? I love that he keeps saying influence the game. Yeah. Like... I don't think he's going to influence it that much, man. It's not going to affect the game that much. I do want to know what the Jokic brothers, we've not heard from them since that one incident. Yeah. Like, where'd they go? Oh, they're in that guy's garage waiting for him to come home in his car. <laughs> no, stay in care. It's better this way. We do not need blood in the garage. So much more to clean up. If you stay in car, we burn car. No one knows. That's better for you. Do we now, now? This is obviously a big incident. You don't really ever see this with a owner. You know our favorite part of coming to Phoenix: so much desert, so many holes in desert. <laughs> this is not Denver. The rocks, the the Rockies, everything rocky and rubbly. No, here, look this big, this basically big graveyard. Nothing, nothing here. You live with cactus now. Do you think this will affect the series? Yeah. Well, first of all, do you think he's getting suspended? They can't suspend him. No way. They can't suspend him. He's too big. He's too big. He's too important. I I think so, but I don't know, man. The NBA is crazy. The NBA has done fucking wilder shit. I know they have, but again, they're both culpable. He like he was over aggressive, but he also held onto the ball like a douche and he flopped like a douche. Like they're both at fault here. Now, Matashiba said he doesn't want him suspended. Good. He's on record today saying don't suspend him. 
Good. I looked him up. Speaking of Wikipedia, I had to. <laughs> I was like, where'd he get his money? Well, daddy's company. No surprise, whatever. It's like he took over CEO, you know, big mortgage company. So I don't know, but I'm here for it because now the intensity level, the, the ante of this series is only going to be more high profile. They go to Denver. I'm sure the Jokic brothers will be there. Or are they partying? I, I don't know. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah. They're All like, I... we'll, we'll be back in two days. We'll see you in Denver. We must go pick up Hashbula. <laughs> it's not illegal for a small boy to make threat. No one take it seriously, but it's very serious. So we're locked at 2-2. We got three yeah. games left. Denver yeah. has home court. Yeah. Any predictions? I think Denver wins this series. I think Denver wins this series for a couple. I mean, now listen, I think this series can go either way because, you know, when you can get games, I, I, I don't think we've seen the Durant game yet. You know, do we have the Durant game? Um, but I think this Denver, you know, so much better at home than on the road. Not that I'm saying this, the Suns can't steal a game in Denver, but. You look at that game last night and you look at the game, um, the game three, you're getting these performances. Now, again, you get the performance from Jokic last night, but so far it's, you know, you have the Murray performance in game one and they win. It's like, I think they're going to be that much more. They're going to get that much more from the other guys at home. Um, they have home court advantage. I mean, I, I could see it going seven, but I could also see it going six. Like, I just think Jokic is, is like, even when he's, even when he's not having the huge game, he just affects the game so much, the passing, everything running through him. And I think if you have, you're getting 53 points, like the idea that they, he got 53 and they lost. It's just to me, I don't know. I just think they're deeper. I think they're. Gonna go back to home, back home, and 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 probably, you know, go up three two, and then it's a you know, and then you got to have a two game winner take all. Yeah. So yeah, I think no. I think it's Denver, but I mean I'm I'm glad that this series has turned this way. Like yeah, um, it's it's the it's the most talent in terms of the, the, it's the most top heavy talent in terms of the series. And you love to see that. So sticking and guys with the in West. their prime, like not, we're not talking about, you know, Steph, clay, AD LeBron, like, you know, the names are bigger there, but like not these that guys far off though. No, but in, I mean, they are that far off in, in terms of like careers, but I'm saying in terms like th this, these guys are, all playing, you know, like Booker and Jokic, sure, those are two. playing at elite levels. You know, yeah, Kevin Durant certainly more in like the Harden, Steph, LeBron phase of his career. Which you know that series, as everyone says, we all know that that Lakers Warriors series, kind of you just follow how's Anthony Davis playing. For the for the whole playoffs, that's going to be the Lakers. If Anthony Davis plays well, they're going to win, or have a chance to win. If he doesn't, 
it's like game two. They get smoked. Yeah. And I, it, it's really kind of just kind of confusing. I don't understand it. At this point, it just seems like, I mean, here's what I think. Because people, people seem to think it's an effort thing. And I don't think it's an effort thing. I think it's a head thing. I think what, if you watch closely, when he comes out and he gets a couple baskets, he's off and running. And when he comes out and he misses a couple, it just seems like he doesn't trust his shot. And he just, like, I mean, when he misses a couple of, you know, eight-footers, the next thing you know, he miss, he's short on every eight-footer. And I just think that he's, he's for a big man who's getting his, most of his shots so close to the basket, you wouldn't expect him to be so streaky. But at the same time, I think the streakiness, I don't even think he's that streaky. I just think um, he, he, gets, he gets a super, you know, ding to his confidence when he misses a couple. Then he's afraid to take the one at the elbow. Then he's afraid to take the longer ones. Then he's short-arming short the ones that are closer. It, I, I don't even think it's a matter of, a lack of effort because he's generally pretty good, especially defensively. Well, that's what I was going to say. Time. You would think that his defensive, because he's obviously a great two-way player. So you would think that, hey, man, even if I'm not having like a stellar offensive game, he, I mean, the, the effect he has defensively is so huge. You would think maybe, oh, I am off to a rough start, but I got a block. I got a steal. I'm affecting the, shots of their players you think it would then just kind of carry over to pick up his offensive game if it was yeah. lagging but no, i feel like it, it doesn't. doesn't no i just think he just gets so down offensively that you can tell it's it's really just the first couple shots for him first couple shots go he's reeling with confidence and now all of a sudden he's like oh it's one of my games and it's like dude there's a ton of players especially historically you know uh, the the historic greats who have a bad first half or have a bad shooting quarter or have a bad, whatever. I mean, and, and you just stick with it. I mean, that's like, you shoot yourself out of it. Like who gives a shit, dude. You're if, if you kind of, if you kind of tuck your tail between your legs and give up on this Lakers team with the, the, the roster they have, you guys are kind of done anyway. So why don't you at least go down swinging, but he just doesn't. Um, he, you know, his confidence just from game to games gets shot. But again, a lot of people are like, oh, he takes he takes games off. And it's like, I don't think he does. I think he just get he just has a, a real confidence problem when it's not going his way right out of the gate. Well, I think, you know, like I said, I thought this would be a seven game series. I think the I, I, you know, my head is telling me the Warriors even it up tonight. And we kind of have this back in and L.A. Forth. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, LeBron had some. Okay, so LeBron last game had some moments. Talk about uh, LeBron. The, the LeBron. The, the talk about defensively. I know people were like, "Stop stroking him off," but like he had some moments. I'm not gonna stop stroking him off. I'm fucking he, not gonna stop. Let me just talk, can I talk about LeBron for a second? And if this isn't a stroking off thing, this is just a no one has ever done it like this. We see guys who get older and just become a shell of themselves. Uh, LeBron is galaxy brain basketball. Like I've never seen the idea. Like he doesn't even give a shit at this point that 
ESPN is going to put out a full tweet graphic after the first quarter. LeBron has gone 375 playoff games and never taken a shot in the first quarter. The idea that anybody thinks LeBron isn't taking a shot because it's like, like, like this isn't by design is so fucking stupid. LeBron, like I've said, this whole playoffs is doing something I've never seen before. He's literally conserving energy from play to play, from quarter to quarter, from game to game, because he's too old to 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 be like, hey, I'm going to lead every team in, in points, blocks, steals, assists, and rebounds for four fucking series, and we're going to win the championship. He can't do it. He can't do it anymore. So now he's literally like you look at that the way that game started. D'Angelo Russell's hot. LeBron's sitting there going, great. This is actually great. He comes out like this. I'm going to take this whole fucking quarter off. But and then see- and then the rest of the game. Now, suddenly, every time there's a, a, re, a long rebound and it gets yeah. sent to me. I'm just going in transition and getting fouls. The idea like I almost put up a how it started versus how it's going. How it started, ESPN, the only people I've ever seen that could somehow make two tweets become one so that the picture could be this long. Never taking zero shots in a thing versus how it's going. Finishes a 21-8-8, taking a quarter off? Did you see the... Hold on a second. Did you see the... uh... The chase down block. Yeah. But like that, that was, that was like peak 2015, 2016. Yeah. Because in 2015, 2016, he could just do it the whole fucking time. And here he's like, he's conserving the the reason he's able to do that at fucking 38 is because he's taken full possessions off. He's taking quarters off and he's got a streaky team in AD. He's got a uh, historically streaky AD, historically streaky D'Angelo Russell. You've got Austin Reeves, who looks like he's just going to be a fucking career streaker. Like a team that he's like, oh, well, if we come out and we're playing okay, let these guys do it. And then when the and then when they get cold or when they got to go to the bench or whenever, then on every miss, get it to me and I'll go down the floor and I'll get fouled or get a layup. Well, this past, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. By Davis, this one. Davis doing for the yeah. That was the one I liked a lot. The, yeah. uh, just, just the, the laser. The, where the, are we at? the, the, Third the, quarter. the almost full half court laser chest pass. And then, and then sadly Schroeder misses the, uh, the layup. But it was it was one of like it was one of those when I was watching I was like holy shit man this is uh this is pretty impressive to watch now it's a must win game for the Warriors oh yeah you're not winning you go down three one to the Lakers you're just not I wanted to pull up a little by the way I don't know the the ratings for the Saturday night Lakers Warriors game not out yet but the Game two, Lakers-Warriors game. I saw a couple stats. Record-breaking, most-watched cable television, 
playoff game, uh, most watched second round game ever on a fucking Thursday or whatever it was at nine thirty, nine o'clock on the East Coast. Was that game two? Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's must see. I mean, for me, like the truth is, like realistically, if I'm going to be fully honest here, I watch most of these games, but I'm also like. A lot of these, I'm not catching the full game. Mm-hmm. It's just my schedule and a kid in the East Coast time, you know, time difference. But like the Laker game is like the Laker Warriors for me is pretty must see. I mean, dude, Jack Nicholson came out of high, two years of fucking hiding. Yeah, yeah where did he come from? The world was like, Jack Nicholson is dead and we'll never see him again. And then he was like, what's happening? <laughs> and they're like, Lakers, Warriors, LeBron's a Laker now. Lakers, Warriors, give me my jacket. You know what I was obsessing over? My girlfriend and I were obsessing. She she actually likes watching the Lakers games too. We were obsessing over those two little girls at the end of the bench. I don't know if you noticed last game. We kept being like, whose seats are these? It was like two teenage girls and they're sitting right if you're if you're facing the bench, they're sitting the left of LeBron. LeBron's talking right. to Anthony Davis, and we just kept being like, "Who are these girls?" Like, I'm sure there was an adult. I hope so on the left of them. I didn't see an adult ever in the picture, but it's like two little girls. And the one girl's like the way she was sitting, her knees were almost like going into LeBron. It was almost like, "Yeah, give him some room, okay?" She was she was female spreading. She yeah, she was female spreading. What are those seats? I was debating that. Are those ten thousand dollars? Are those ten thousand oh, yeah. dollars for that game? That's what I thought, dude. It's fucking. It's it's seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars to get in and sit in the fucking high two hundreds right now. Okay, yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying. I, for, I go like, those I bet you those seats are ten thousand dollars, like for regular, for real. For like, if you if, let's say you tried to go to get that from like a ticket broker, I bet you it's twenty five. Yeah, I was like, who who's sitting here? Whose seats are these? But I want to pull up a little action for tonight on prize picks. Third balls, if you, if you haven't downloaded prize picks, download right now. All first-time users that use promo code DIRTY will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, bucks, prize picks will give you $100. And they have all the sports. NBA playoffs, regular Major League Baseball season, NHL playoffs, you name it. I like the assist points and rebounds combo. Like that seems to be like a good combo, right? So I like that. I'm going to pull that up here now. Jimmy Butler, your boy, you're going against. 40 and a half points, rebounds, assists. We just did this last series, and this was the play I liked for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, give give me the, give me the more than more than. Yeah, I like that too. Your boy, LeBron James. LeBron James. Forty-one and a half combined. Give me, give me the give me the more than. We're getting a LeBron game tonight, right? We're getting twenty-five, eight, and eight. Yeah. Now, conversely, Anthony Davis, forty-one and a half. <laughs> 
I mean, you go you go you go twenty and fifteen, you're yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a less than because he had the big game last game. Yeah. Ride ride the Anthony Davis roller coaster. Okay, your boy. Your real boy. Jalen Brunson. Okay. This is points, rebounds, and assists. Thirty five. Ah, give me the more then. Let's go. Right. He's we gotta have a big game. Yeah. I know. So I, I would think that way too. So third balls, go ahead right now and make sure you download prize picks today and play daily fantasy sports with us. Make sure you use promo code dirty when you sign up. So must win for you guys tonight. You think uh, this, I think the season's over. Uh, I know everybody's like, Oh, gloom and doom Knicks fan. You're whatever. The, the bottom line is there's so many issues right now. Um, with this Knicks team um, I, in no particular order. In fact, let's go in like some sort of reverse order so we can build up to the big things. But, um, you know, what I said about the Kings Warrior series is why I thought in the end the Kings is is a lack of experience. There are Knicks who have playoff experience, but the guys that they're needing to step up, the Quickleys, who's been dog shit this whole playoff, the Obi Toppin, who we'll get to in a bit, not even getting that many minutes because fucking Tom Thibodeau's getting coached out of his own shorts. Um, but like the young guys and the guys that don't have a ton of experience and the guys that don't aren't necessarily stars, not stepping it up. And I think it's just a lack of experience and a little bit, the lights are a little bit too bright for the quicklies and the top ends and even the Josh Hart in terms of the shooting a little bit. Um, just yeah, like, you know, you got, you have these guys on the heat, undrafted nobodies whose fucking names no one knows and they like every fucking heat player ever in the pat riley era just goes hey you never heard of me uh well you're about to um and with with guys out like hero out on the fucking heat and you got other guys that are just stepping up fucking canning their threes meanwhile the guys you know people are arguing oh Emmanuel quickly six man of the year oh obi top and blah 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 it's like these guys just the light's a little bit too bright for them um, and that's okay. That's okay because, you know, you you're you would hope that they break out of it. But again, th- it's also gaining experience. They probably don't do this in their next postseason appearance. But then you go to the star situation. Jalen Brunson is fantastic. I feel great about the future of the Knicks because of Jalen Brunson and Jalen Brunson alone. But when you go around the league and you go around the teams that have guys that are that are still in it, I mean, you got Tatum and Brown, you got Embiid and Harden, you got Stephen Clay. Clay's not the player he used to be, but fuck, we got a huge game two out of him. You know, you've got uh, Jokic and Murray, you got uh, Booker and KD. The only team that doesn't have a fucking one two is the Heat. Jimmy Jimmy Butler is sort of on his fucking own in terms of the star power. And the Knicks are supposed to have Brunson and Randall. And Randall fucking stinks. He stinks. I've said it as long as I've he's been on the New York Knicks. I've said it as, I said it from before they fucking traded for him. And I'll say it again now. The Knicks have a Julius Randall problem. And the problem is they need him to be good. The problem is they need him to be good. The problem is they treat him as their 
for the majority of his time in the last three years as their first star, only now literally two weeks left in the season when he gets hurt. The only reason we aren't going Julius Randle alpha problem the whole time is because he got hurt and Jalen Brunson fucking took over down the stretch at the end of the season. But the Knicks have a Julius Randle problem. When he's shit, he's so shit. And when he's good, he's still ball-stopping good. It, like Julius Randle, when you talk, when you look around, is not in the class of any of those guys we just mentioned. But the Knicks need him to be in the class of those guys to be mentioned for them to be a great team. And he's just fucking not. The ball stops when he gets there. If he's not hitting his shots, it's a disaster. He then goes into fucking Anthony Davis fucking taking the rest of the game off mode. Then he's, you know, beefing. You're beefing with Cody Zeller. Like, you are the company you keep. You're beefing with Cody Zeller. Like, Julius Randle is fucking bad right now. And and the problem is he thinks he's a goddamn superstar. And the, the, the main problem, and this segues into the third problem, is Tom Thibodeau thinks he's a fucking superstar. There was one point in the last game where I looked at the minutes and Julius Randle's playing like dog shit. And he's played 30 minutes to Obi Toppin's five. At some point, you got to be like, hey, man, this isn't working. We're getting blown out of the fucking game. Julius Randle stinks. Think, be forward thinking. Even if we lose this fucking series, how about getting Obi Toppin some fucking minutes? How about seeing what he can do? Because he can't do worse than Julius Randle. Bad attitude, bad play. Starting fucking beefs with people like, Thibodeau is getting coached out of his fucking like Eric Spolster is playing chess and Tom Thibodeau is playing fucking Parcheesi. He's playing fucking Yahtzee out there. He's playing like fucking mousetrap. Like we used to play Monopoly as a kid and uh my brother John would do this thing when he would lose a monopoly. He would call it a uh, natural disaster. And he would literally like, suck up all the houses and hotels in his mouth and then just spit them all over the board and be like, game's over. That's what Tom Thibodeau is doing right now. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is my brother playing monopoly. He's just like, game over. I don't want to play anymore. He's getting fucking, he's getting coached out. And, and, and to be totally honest, when you look at, uh, Buttonholds are getting canned. Nick Nurse getting canned. Vogel winning. We, we have guys who win championships get canned. And we're going to let Tom Thibodeau just go, hey, uh, my my strategy is the five guys I trust pay, play 44 minutes. And if we're getting our ass kicked, I don't change. I don't adjust. And we get fucking routed. I think this series is over. And God damn it, I hope I'm wrong. But I think this series is fucking over. I love Jalen Brunson. This team needs to be Jalen Brunson's. I, I'd, I'd fucking, I'd trade Julius Randle for fucking dimes on the dollar. Uh, this team, this, the future of this team is not Brunson and Randle. It's not, I can't believe we extended him. It's, this is exactly what I expected from him. Uh, oh, oh, Randle, everybody's fucking bonering out. Like even the game they beat a, the heat in, uh, late in the season, Julius Randle hits a fucking fall away three pointer to beat them. It's like, dude, it was a terrible ball stopping, horrific possession that he just happened to hit the shot. That doesn't mean it's fucking good basketball. Every single time 
the Heat come out of a timeout, they get a bucket. The, meanwhile, you cut to fucking video of Tom Thibodeau during timeouts. He's like, don't let them out hustle you. I fucking can't stand it. It's 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 shades of fucking his his former head coach that he was the assistant of, Doc Rivers. Anytime you cut to a coach and they're not talking about strategy, they're just going, you got to try harder. What is this? Remember the fucking Titans? Shut up. Did I catch a mousetrap reference in there? Yeah. This t- I think this I think this is the the series that's the most over. Well, and the other one and it makes me furious. The other one's two two. We, we we have a nice little back and forth going on. I still don't have too much faith in the Sixers. I thought they were going to blow yesterday's game. But they have they have a. Uh... They have a James Harden who's who does the Anthony Davis thing, but like the peak. Listen, it's kind of crazy that we're talking about it, but again, you know the the thing with James Harden and Embiid and the Sixers is, and we saw it during that game. And PJ Tucker had to fucking get in Embiid's face and be like, "Bro, take over." Is like it is not uh, like. You know, not to make it the the MVP discussion, but Embiid is not Jokic. He gets the ball in the post. They bring the double. He's not finding a guy on every fucking no. play to give it a wide open three. Now, in his, you know, to to praise him, he did on the final fucking play, which is great. Not only did he find somebody, but he found James Harden, who is a former MVP and still has great games in him and is still an elite shooter when he's fucking open on a short corner three. So props to Embiid for doing that. But um, you look at this series, it's like at least the Sixers down the stretch were like, we're going to give it to our guy and we're going to let him do his thing. And we're going to have some sort of play where if somebody comes off somebody, meanwhile, the Celtics, are just like, we have timeouts, but we don't call a play. We'll let Jason Tatum take it down to five seconds before he goes to the basket. And then, I mean, it was real college fucking end of end of March Madness game shit. Pass the ball at the last second, and you don't even get a shot off. You don't even get a fucking shot off. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's, I, I don't want to go into this thing where it's like Jason Tatum's afraid to shoot. Cause I don't think that that's true. Um, but we've sort of done a couple things over the years and we've done two versions of it. And this is sort of the third option. It's like you get the Kobe Bryant's and the Michael Jordan's who they're going to take the shot no matter who's on them. It's going to be double teamed. It's going to be triple teamed. Obviously we have a ton of Jordan passes for wins. Like we, those are, you know, but but historically, you have the guy, those kind of guys, and people don't mind when they miss because you're like ball in your best player's hands, and he fucking missed, and so what? Then you have the LeBron James who you put the ball in his hands, and he sometimes passes on what would be, you know, for him a relatively easy shot, but it's in favor of a guy just like with a wide open look. 
He's like, hey, he's a professional basketball player too, and he's wide fucking open. Why wouldn't I pass him the ball? And then you have a a situation like this that we've now found found Tatum in a few times in the playoffs, but certainly a, a number of times in his career, which is seems to have that, like, I mean, he's wearing Kobe Bryant t-shirts and he's wearing Kobe Bryant shoes and he's doing the Kobe Bryant thing and I'm going to take this. And then instead of forcing it or instead of finding a fucking guy who's wide open, it's some panic pass at the end of a fucking clock where now somebody's hoisting one up open or not, but they're hoisting one up with no fucking time on the clock. It's a rushed three. Marcus Smart taking your game winner, game tired at the end of overtime and regulation is terrible play. It's just terrible. Where's Jalen Brown? If you're going to have a second option, where's the guy who's, you know, crashing the boards and you're putting the shot up with a two and a half seconds to go. And if you get a miss, you get a put back. Like the idea that you're going to take this clock down, do the one-on-one thing and then chicken out with one second left and not get a shot off. It's just, it's just terrible. And I don't think it's a matter of Jalen Brown or sorry. I don't think it's a matter of Jason Tatum being like afraid of the moment. I think he's right. Like he's covered, but have a better, you, you either have to have then the, the wherewithal to do the LeBron James thing and be like, I know where I'm going if it doesn't go well, or just be like, fuck it. I'm going to put it up. But the, but the panic pass who's open is, is not the space you want to be in. Cause Marcus smart. He is not hit the shot at the end of regulation. I mean, you could see from his body language, that shot was not going in. So you think the heat series is basically with your Knicks is over. It has me thinking like, do, do the heat, I know I keep not giving him a chance, but like, do the Heat stand a chance against either of those other two teams if they make it yeah. through? Yes, they do. All those, like, like no names. They have a chance because the names is on the sideline. I mean, I was, I was not a Spolstra like Stan over the years, but like, I was just like, oh, kind of overrated. You know, I think we're like, we're giving him a lot of props for it. But like, again, when you look at what LeBron James is doing right now for the Lakers, like, and, and this is, I'm, this is not a diss of Darvin Ham. I think this is just the way it is. I think LeBron James is coaching the Lakers more than Darvin Ham's coaching the Lakers. And I think that there, a lot of the Spo growth came on those teams. And I think LeBron James is a basketball genius. And I'm not saying, you know, Le- I don't think LeBron James was coaching the heat more than Spo was. But I think when you look at the time that was there, I think the growth you see from Eric Spolstra from having Pat Riley above him in the hierarchy and having a guy like LeBron James below him in terms of the hierarchy, because he's the star player on the team. I just think he sat in that middle spot and really became an elite head coach. Every time they come out of timeouts, they get a bucket. Meanwhile, you got a doc Rivers situation, which Everybody knows how I feel about Doc Rivers. I mean, the guy's been coaching in the league since fucking 99 or something like that. The guy's got over a thousand wins and we know him for playoff meltdowns and somehow mismanaging 
the original big three into one title. And then you got a first year, second year head coach that is, is drawing up college panic plays at the end of games. Like, I think you have a decided coaching advantage. Not to mention, yeah, I mean, there's a, certainly a lack of star power, the the talent deficiency from those teams. But but if you look at the Celtics to the Sixers, the Sixers are so top-heavy. The, the Celtics have a decided talent advantage in that series, and here we are. What do you think of Ronnie going to USC? I mean, I I sort of expected it. So so here's my thing about why not UCLA though? Isn't 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 LeBron in like Brentwood? Did he just like was he like I don't want to stay home? And it's like, dude, you're just you're going like eight more miles away. Well, according to reports, he had it down to like SC, Ohio State. I forget who else. But like my thing is this. Should have just gone to St. John's with Rick Pitino. LeBron comes over, fills that Julius Randle role. Knicks win a championship, join him in the garden. That's that's the way to finish a career. Where no one called me. I think, I think, I think this whole situation with Bronny, and again, I don't follow high school basketball. I think he's got to be so overhyped. Cause he wasn't rated that high, and then suddenly he catapulted in the they said, oh, but he, he got so much better. Like, statistically, he's nothing insane at all. He's averaged like 13 and a half points a game. My thing is, like, how much of this is because of his dad? I how assume much, a lot. How much of what, though? His hype. Yeah, but when you say his hype because of his dad, you are you saying um, unfair hype, Nepo baby hype? Yes. Or... Let me play let me play devil's advocate a little bit. I don't think Bronny James is coming into the league and being the next LeBron James, obviously. No. I don't think he's coming into the league and being a star. But is there a little bit of when we talk about I mean, look at Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson is Rick Brunson's son. Is there a little bit of this where it's like they say Bronny is a an elite defender already. Is there any part of this where you're like, hey, man, if I take a chance on Bronny James, if he has like a fifth of his father's basketball acumen, is he like a legit backup guard? Okay, like we're fine with that for the record. Like, like you're talking about but, a backup guard. But the idea of listen, anybody going to college, like, dude, so many things happen from the um, like the All American game to no, for the sure. NBA. I just think, like, look, this is just me again, basing it off nothing. I think a lot, like, he obviously has had a lot of hype around him because of his father. I just think, like, the idea that maybe I'm wrong, the idea that we're just assuming he's going to make it to the NBA, or or I'll say with the nepotism stuff, the the idea that he might not just make it just because of his dad, like he'll make it because of his dad, his old man. That's that's all I'm saying. Like, do we know? This is my question. Do we actually know his skill slash talent level, 
or is that all lost because of his dad? That's all I'm saying. Um, I don't think, I think at this point we know his skill level of LA high school prep basketball, which really doesn't matter. Like the, like the, the idea of him, like, I think what's going to happen is Bronny James has as good a shot as anybody that has, you know, elite genes and athleticism of going to college and figuring it out and going to the NBA. Is Bronny James the type of player who goes to the NBA after a year in college? Probably not. Does he this year after next year? Maybe because of his dad, you know, but um, I also think LeBron James is smart. Like, I don't think he's going to, I don't think Bronny James goes to SC for one year and then becomes an undrafted free agent signing in the NBA just to play with his dad. Like, playing Pac-12 college basketball, like, we're going to figure it out pretty fast, right? Yeah. You know why? Bill Walton's going to be calling the league of The League of Champions. The Conference of Champions. Here he is, Bronny James. The kid, as they're calling him, the baby goat. Little Billy Goat Gruff. He should he should grow a little goatee. <laughs> Son of a goat. Little goat. pygmy. I'm calling him the pygmy because he's a baby goat. When do they go to the Big Ten? SC goes to the Big Ten? USC's going to the Big Ten? Yeah, and UCLA. Dumb. That's so dumb. Yeah, we talked about this, huh? but I know. It's, it's, it's confusing. Oh, no, like, I actually, there's I have a medical procedure done after every episode where we talk college sports to have that. August 2nd, 2024. Is when they go to the Big Ten, so he'll have. One season under the belt. One season here. They're doing a documentary on Bill Walden. I know a couple of dirt balls tagged us. Yeah. Love it. 30 for 30, right? Yeah. So we did have a call. You're talking about coaches. We did have a call. We had an NBA call about uh, the, the firing of coaches. Because is it Buden or Budenholzer? Buden, Budenholzer, but they call him Coach Bud. Coach Bud was fired. Well, they call him uh, not going to work here anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and and we we both said he deserved it. And then we found out his brother died during the series, and I was like, okay, well, you know, we can dial that back. And then they're like, no, we're firing him. And yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're Mo- you're the Milwaukee Bucks. I know. So we got to call out the NBA. Uh, but to be fair. Let me let me like because I'm 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 I've hopped if this is a fence I've hopped on uh, back and forth across this fence. If my brother died, I'd still know how many timeouts I had. Shots. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I think I actually am now on the side of it was wrong to fire him, even though I was calling for him to be fired. I'm now on the side of it was wrong to be fired. But at the same time, devil's advocate, I know how many timeouts I had. Well, he is done so 
and uh, we got a call about this stuff. Super Dirtball Bribes here, guys. Um, something I really want to touch on is who y'all's opinion is. Seems like the NBA is such a win now. What do you done for me now, culture? I know we said in the NFL, but dude, three of the last four NBA champions, their coaches have been fired from the Raptors to the Lakers coach to the uh, Bucks coach now, which, I mean, this, this draws my question. Is it because the NBA is such a like an all-star driven team. Like if you have one superstar all-star on your team, you should be able to, you know, make your conference finals, make it to the finals. Like anybody can really win with that Bucks team, could be honest, or anybody should be able to win because you have LeBron and AD. Like is that why these coaches are just getting fired and replaced so quick? Um, it's kind of crazy. Like most sports, you, know, you win your title, you're safe for another four or five years just because you just won a championship. But doesn't seem to be the case in the NBA, and I think that's just because such a superstar, you know, all-star driven league where one guy can really change the game, unlike football, baby. Just getting your opinion on that. Stay dirty. All right. So, like, again, we, we've seen the coaching carousel with recent champions. I don't know. Like, like, here's the thing, man. I've always debated, like, internally coaching in the end like how much does coaching really matter i think a lot of it is maintaining players egos now you have great coaches who call plays i think brad stevens like was really good at calling plays i'm just thinking of him off the top of my head like you have coaches who call plays but i know for me every time they show the coaches i always kind of cringe you reference Thibodeau because it's like I think that the idea a, of them being like go out there and play harder. It's like, dude, you're saying it's the. Grown I think ass that man. there's a couple. There's there's certainly tiers of coaching in the NBA. I think you have the elite coaches, which there's not that many of. I think you have the guys who are great motivators, great ego managers. I mean, Doc Rivers again has been coaching twenty four years. As like a guy who everybody likes and everybody's happy to play for, and I'll ride or die with coach. But like, you're gonna get out coached in every series that you go up against an elite head coach. Um, and then you've got you know just sort of shit coaches that you know they have a philosophy or whatever, and the philosophy works for a little bit or it works with certain talent, but then it doesn't work with other talent. Um, and you know, I mean, like a guy like Steve Kerr is a great example of it, like in my opinion, still not an elite head coach, but like Spolstra, like has grown as a coach, but also knows to like steal from people. It, like, he's like, I don't have like the best ideas, but I'm smart enough to know like that guy does. And that guy does like Steve Kerr's been open about like my inbounds plays, my out of timeout plays. I just look around the league and fucking steal them. I steal from Brad Stevens. I stole from Dan Tony. I steal from Spolstra. It's like, good. Okay. Be a good coach cover band. It's but, better than be, but, but you know, he's a prime example. Like we're not going to know Kerr's level until he doesn't have those guys. Sure, like, we've seen. We'll probably never know because they'll probably be like, "I'm out too." Fuck them. That, that's what I'm saying. Like we've seen Spolstra with a super team and without one, and that's why he's changed our opinions because he's learned. Dude, he can coach, man. You get Jimmy Butler and a bunch of G League guys, and they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Again. I, I think to answer Bryson's question, he's absolutely right that it is a star-driven league, and I think that. Just like there's tiers of coaches, there's tiers of superstars. And with those superstars, there's windows. You look at Giannis. I mean, we called it 
I mean, that we titled the episode it, I think, that they were the fucking McCarthy Packers. It's like, you get one with Giannis. You, you, like, th- this is Doc Rivers with the Celtics. Like, if, if you, if you, if 10 years from now the Bucks have won, they did fail. Now, like, I don't agree. Oh, was the season a failure? Like, in the Giannis interview? No, but a decade could be a failure if you just get one. If LeBron ages out of the league and, you know, Stefan, the Warriors age out and suddenly it's 2030 and Jokic has a couple of fucking titles and Tatum's got a couple titles and Giannis is sitting there with one. Yeah, it was a failure of a fucking decade. But um, so you when you're looking at each situation like the Lakers, they felt like they had a chance to change the coaching, shake it up make one last run with the LeBron AD thing. And they did. Uh, the Bucks obviously are trying to figure out something that works with Giannis going forward. And I'm sure that those guys are talked to before those decisions are made, you know? And if, if Gian, like, I'm not saying Giannis said fire coach, but I have a feeling if Giannis says, if you fire coach, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Then they wouldn't fire him, you know? Um, same goes for LeBron James. The interesting one is Nick Nurse. Who are we catering to here? Fred Van Vliet? Like, you won a championship. Yeah, he won a championship when he had fucking Kawhi, but like they still they're still the Toronto Raptors. And they won a championship. What's Star like who are we catering to up there? Oh, he lost the locker room. Good. Maybe he should. The locker room's not very good. <laughs> Maybe lose everybody except for the fucking couple guys who can play and find a new locker room. <laughs> like, I mean, he lost the locker room. Let's not forget. Siakam's walking around with a camcorder from 1995. Yeah, exactly. So, like, those are the guys he's losing. Yeah. He's probably heading to Milwaukee maybe, right? You've lost. uh, We know Nick Nurse lost the locker room because Siakam took off two games while he edited the Blair Witch Project (laughs) Three. He's just in the locker room, snot bubbling out of his nose. He's like, "We lose today in Philly. It's not good out here. I'm scared." Oh man. Yeah, I think Milwaukee might be his next move, maybe. Well, listen, uh, there's a shout-out to all the new subscribers to my Substack. Uh, we were doing Nick's Halftime Happy Hour. I gave out some uh, derby picks. I hope you guys took my 1-2 derby pick and and paired them with a third for a trifecta because my 1-2 came 1-3. Um, but uh, Conrad, I think it was, in my uh, in my substack discussion said Nick nurse to the Knicks would be great. And I was just like, wow, that would be fucking great because Tibbs is getting fucking coached out of his goddamn shorts. But uh, yeah, you're probably right to, to Milwaukee seems more likely because it's probably will happen sooner than rather than later. And because the Knicks are dumb and they'll fucking extend Tibbs and extend, they'll give Randall another extension while he's still on this extension. And as far as the discussion, what have you done for me lately? I dude, I have no problem with that across sports. These guys make millions of dollars. Like, like let's I, I think money is important to keep in perspective here because 
I don't care the job. If you're making millions of dollars per year and you're underperforming, why should you keep that job? But I, I, my thing with coaching changes in sports is always who are you going to hire? You better have like, you know, for me, it's always you're going to find somebody better than coach X. And that was my thing with always with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I am. I'm going to teach a kid football over the weekend. And then he'll be the better coach than Bill O'Brien. Oh, are you going to find somebody better than Jason Garrett? Yeah, I am. My, I, I, I've trained my dog to sit and now I will train my dog to be an offensive coordinator. Like, but you look around the league, uh, around football, around the NBA, certainly it's like, who are the Raptors hiring? That's better than Nick nurse. I don't know. It's a good question. It will be, it'll be interesting to find out, but uh, it's almost to me when you have those sort of situations, like if you're the Raptors, the fact that the fact that they didn't have that answer, that, that, that answer was, they're like, Oh, this guy's available. Let's go get him. You know, um, the Hawks went out and got what's, what's your boy's fucking name. Old Coke, Cokehead, Missouri coach, Missouri of Utah. Oh yeah. Uh, Quinn Quinn Snyder. Schneider. They were like, oh, Quinn Snyder's out there. Let's go get Quinn Snyder. Like they had a fucking plan, you know? Um, Toronto's like, Nick Nurse has lost the locker room. And then they're like, okay, everybody come in. It's like a fucking scene from Succession. Everybody came to the boardroom and somebody was like, Drake? And they're like, no, he's pretty, he's pretty rich. He probably doesn't want to coach the Raptors. They're like, okay, back to the drawing board. Um, Who's a former player? Damon Stoudemire? Is he out there? And they're like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Can we like have a fucking plan? The the super fan? Oh, the, the Raptor super fan? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know his name. Like well, Jeff Goldblum was in Jurassic Park. He's he's tall, but he doesn't know anything about basketball. Took me a second on that one. Like Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yes. A dinosaur reference. A raptor, specifically. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. So I was watching the uh, NHL playoffs, like I said. I know. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's those, those games. I was thinking about what we we're talking about. It really is like deflection after, like, like, <laughs> There's not too many clean goals. I know. But we got a call. I referenced it earlier. Panthers are up now 3-0. Yeah. So they're in control. Yeah. But and, and I think this call, this call is also now before good. you get this, I just want to know, since you're into the uh into the playoffs so much and your dad Wikipediaing, is the Kraken real and does it live? in the Pacific Northwest. Have you found out any references to the Kraken? Kraken. I haven't looked up the Kraken. I will though. It's a good rum. That's for sure. Is it? Yeah. I like the Kraken. Kraken black rum. I took a different angle on the Kraken. I took the angle on the, uh, the arena they're playing. I didn't realize that was the revamped key arena. Did you know that? No. I thought they built a new arena. So the old arena that the Sonics played in, He's been just completely redone. Great. Yeah. So I, I that that's the rabbit hole I fell down because it's got that that 
that funny name, right? I don't know what what's the name. It's like uh, God damn it, what is it? It is the Climate Pledge Arena. Okay. So these arena names are, I think they're all ridiculous. Not good looking uniforms, I think either. Ooh, I kind of like the Kraken uniform. You like the Kraken unis? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily love the color scheme, but I kind of like the. I kind of like the Kraken K. Well, we got a call, and, and I think this call it goes for NBA as well. It's 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 a it's a call regarding. It's in particular to this Toronto Florida series, but I think it goes again across sports. Hey, Joe and Andy, it's the number one dirt baller from South Michigan, Stephen Dermer calling. Uh, so I was just curious as to uh, what you guys think of this. So obviously in hockey, might be the same way in basketball, but the Panthers, they just finished their series against the Bruins on Sunday night, and then they went and played their whole new series on Tuesday. Granted, they knew who they were going to play multiple days ahead, but for the Maple Leafs, they had no idea. Of course, everything they thought it was going to be Boston. Turns out it wasn't, so they ended up having to play Florida. But do you think that it's more of an advantage of a team not having as much rest, but knowing the team that they're going to play against? Or does the team that has more rest, who's not really sure who they're going to play against until the day, two days before, as like the Maple Leafs, they only had a day and a half to really prepare for the Panthers instead of maybe they were preparing for the Bruins. But, I mean, obviously maybe they prepare a little bit ahead of time for both, but just want to see what you guys think. Thanks, guys. Stay dirty. So I think in this instance, when you're the underdog, like Florida, like I think you do have an advantage. Well, I don't think – I hate to cut you off, and I don't know a ton about hockey, but – I don't think if the Florida Panthers beat the Bruins in round one, that they're the underdog. Ah, so let's start, let's start there. Okay. Um, but also this is kind of a weird question because I mean, Florida is certainly not in, I mean, they're in a, they're in a fucking dog fight with the best team in history. I don't think there's any sort of preparation that's going on for like, well, if we win, then we know we have the Maple Leafs. Like they're not fucking looking forward to the Maple Leafs at all. Yeah. Well, I think in sports, I mean, momentum is real. I know some people want to argue that it's not, but like if you, if you just come off this big series, win, don't you want to play as quickly as possible? Cause you have that confidence. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know how hockey, I, I have no idea. Like, how I don't know about, rest. yeah, rest. I don't know about rest. I'm just saying like, like, I don't know. You see it a lot in sports, right? A team yeah. sweeps I don't, somebody. I don't, think, I don't think you want to rest especially long when no. you're playing, when you're playing well. But again, I don't know a ton about hockey, but I've, but, uh, I saw, you remember Sean Avery? He yeah. played, playing a lot of team playing. Right? He, I think he's got some sort of hockey podcast now. I keep seeing clips of it. And, um, after the, after the, he must have some sort of, like the guys had a lot of beefs in his life, but he must have some sort of beef with the Maple Leafs. But, um, he was like, I'm so glad 
Toronto gets to play Florida. Florida's going to butt fuck them. He's just like, the Florida Panthers are going to butt fuck the Maple Leafs, and I'm here for it. And I was just like, I'm seeing this after they're already down, like, a couple of games. Like, how did he fuck it? Like, what would give him that? And he was just, like, certain of it. He was just like, they're going to kick the shit out of them. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting take. And apparently he's right. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I think in basketball, for sure, like, you don't want to go too long because you've got this rhythm going. Uh, you know, uh, football, we've seen it where the bye week has hurt people, especially if they're good enough. I don't think the bye week hurts as much as when teams are so good that they like rest guys in week 17 and 18, and then they have a bye week. And then you're like, Oh dude, you're basically taking a month off here. Um, and in baseball, obviously, you know, you want enough rest where your pitching gets lined up again, but you don't want so much rest where you're just sitting cold. Um, so yeah, I think it's like a delicate balance where you want to rest. You want to get enough rest for the guys who need rest but you want to play as quickly as you possibly can where everything's like back on schedule. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a fine line. You definitely don't want too much rest when you're playing. Right. Cause it's just, you just, you get lethargic. And I think the, the rhythm, the old is- Larry bird on the sideline thing, you know, like he's got to lay down. He's got to fucking have a heat pad. Like you sit yeah. there, you just get stiff. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, it's like it's to think about yourself. Okay, if you're here, here's just the common thing for everybody. If you're doing yard work for three hours, and you come in, you eat a nice lunch. <laughs> I'm just saying that food coma kicks in. You're like, I don't want to go back outside. Can we sun. call? Can we call this episode the Toronto Maple Leaves are a Midwest dad? After lunch, yard three hours of yard work and lunch. <laughs> Am I referencing myself on Saturday? Maybe. So on Saturday, you did some yard work. You know, so take not, us first of all. Did you do it in your dad's shoes? That's the only thing I wear. I love that. My neighbor commented on it. By the way, did he? He's like, those shoes are real white for yard work. He's he was like, what's up with those? And I told him the whole story. And he's like, my daughter told me never ever get a pair of those. I was like, well, these are more of a, a, a shtick, a bit, but I was like, they're comfy, man. I'll tell you what, n- you know, now that I'm good arch support. Oh yeah, like because I got a back hill, a little back hill. When you're going up the hill with the mower, so the shoes, the shoes are strong. The shoes are nice and nice and grass stained green now. Good, good. The, the, they're nice and broken in. But then I had, I had my, uh, you know, I was, I was doing the weed whacker, you know, the whole thing. I was like, I was out there. Trimming up some things. Now, take take me through the Andy Ruther just like yard work. Day. Like, where's this weed whacker from? Did this come out of your dad's garage? It did. Okay. Because I'm just like, is is Andy Ruther going to Costco and buying a weed whacker these days? Like, where are we at? Here? I would. You would. A lot. A lot of it is hand me downs. Tell me hand me downs. Or, or that. Or like, I bought. I bought the my buddy. I, mean, had... I don't want to call it your hand me downs. I want to call it your. Uh... You know, this is this is essentially what what you were left to. Like, what's what you know? This is his estate that you've been taking yeah. taking over here. Sure. 
it's, it's I guess that's the way I look at it. But most of my brothers have all this stuff, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So it works out for me. Hey, here, take that. But like the mower, my buddy, my buddy has a big lawn now. He lived in Denver. He had a much smaller property. So when he moved back home, he, I bought his used uh, little Greenworks electric lawnmower. Electric stuff's nice. I've never had an electric thing. Now, so is that I, all battery packed? Yeah. Okay. So that's like the new thing. All my neighbors have that stuff. That's, but the funny thing is like, I got my dad's old school, like, you know, do you call it still or is it S T I H L? I never well, know. It's certainly not the, the brand name is certainly not the letters of the name spelled out, but maybe steel. <laughs> well, regardless, I got, I got my S T I H L. Like it's the NBA. That thing is loud. That's not a loud. I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I didn't want my uh, mower to be too loud. I didn't want my STIHL mower to be too loud because I knew people were inside watching the Nuba game. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't even know where we got here. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, you're in the yard, you're sweating. Yeah. You come in, come in, you have lunch. You're not going back out there. The point is, you don't want to go back out. That's no. all I'm saying. No. You want to you want to just say okay I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go continue tomorrow yeah right and the food coma lunch thing is real I, I remember when I worked used to work for a moving company in college those were the worst you take a lunch you eat you take a you eat an hour lunch you take a little nap eat for twenty minutes sleep for forty and you're like God I gotta move shit now yeah the point is uh, you don't want that in sports you know. I, I was trying to explain. Here's here's a good here's a good quick thing before we get out of here. The maple was, leaves have post lunch coma. No, I'm not. We're not. I already have a title set. Okay, it's gonna be Devin Booker's coming out party with with rainbows all around. No. Oh man. <laughs> uh, God. Cut to cut to uh, Kid Rock watching our uh, podcast <laughs> on his computer and shooting it with a machine gun. <laughs> Grandpa's trigger today. <laughs> My name is Ken. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was trying to explain this one to my girlfriend, which she's, I don't think I did a good job. Again, we we're watching the Lakers game and she's like, I don't get it. They're killing them. They got killed last game. She's like, how, like, I don't know if I did a, a poor job, but I, I was trying to break it down just for normal. I was like, look, man, there's a lot of factors. Why Why is every game so different? And I was like, well, they play seven games possibly. I was like, it depends on travel. If you're at home, you're away. Like there's so many factors. I was like to bring it to – I was like, I know it's not in the same level. I was like, the fucking fifth grade boys. I remember we played a team twice in the same day. I was like, we killed them earlier in the day. Then a few hours later, we had to play the same team. We beat them by two. I was like, it's kind of the same thing. Like you, just because you kill a team, like what? I don't know. I don't know what the explanation for that is. I mean, in the NBA, I think the the simplest thing, it, like I mean, you talk about you talk about fifth grade boys, but like obviously we've done stand up. You go on the road, you do stand up. You got a Friday show and a Friday late show or a Saturday show, Saturday late show. Like first things first, crowd makes a big difference. Right. And that's the same in stand up as in the NBA, you know, home and away. You're just going to feel that much more comfortable in front of your home crowd, being in your home locker room, 
you know, get coming to the game in your car versus the bus and whatever. Um, and, and that's why we see some teams, some teams thrive on the road because they like that shit. Um, and then you look at a team like, dude, this Denver team is bad on the, they, they were, they had a, they had a losing record on the road this year. Like they like their fucking games. And now also Denver's at elevation. You know what I mean? Like that's that kind of shit. But um, forget the home and away in the NBA. I think the simplest explanation is like at the NBA level, even in these elite things, sometimes you're just hitting your shots. Yeah. And sometimes you're not. And when you look at a series like the Knicks series, for example, it's like, the Knicks haven't hit a. The Knicks haven't had a good shooting performance in, I don't know how fucking long, and they're not a great shooting team. But uh, like, take take again my favorite team to reference ever, the 2011 Mavs. The team got hot in the fucking second round, to the point where they're like, "We're so hot, we're gonna win the fucking NBA championship." And people are like, "No, you're not." And they're like, "Yeah, we are. We just." Like fucking game one, they're like, we're, we're, they're winning it all. Game four, Kobe's fucking quitting. You know, our test is choking people, fucking buying them's elbow and dudes. They're losing by 45. They're cruising through. Next thing you know, they're in the fucking finals, beating a fucking super team. They're just like, we're so got Like we're hot, hot. And I think that's the thing in the NBA. Sometimes your, your shots are falling and sometimes they're not. And obviously if you're a better shooting team, <clears throat> They're, they're going to fall more often than they're not. But this Warriors team, for example, they have such, they have two of the greatest shooters of all time. And if those guys are hitting their shots, like it's, they're a fucking tough team to beat. Um, and this Lakers team, super streaky. But when the Lakers are hitting their shots, that's why you, that's why you look at, I mean, Clay has a 40 point game. Um, and it's hitting all his shots and it's a warriors blowout at home. And then you come back to LA and D'Angelo Russell starts hot and scores 12 points to fucking start the game. It's like, it's a Lakers blowout. It's the teams are so talented when you're at the NBA level, even the worst team in the league. I mean, we've seen this in the NBA, like you would never have that kind of thing in, you know, other professional sports, but like, or, or even college level sports or whatever, like you come out and the worst team in the league is just like, man, they hit 25 threes tonight and they blew out the best team in the league. Like it happens. Yeah. So no, I think that's sure. it specifically on the NBA. Like, I guess it's kind of the equivalent. We were talking to Ryan, like Ryan talks about the goalies. Your goalies get hot. It kind of changes everything. The NBA equivalent of that is just like, you're hitting your threes. You're shooting really well. Yeah. Give us a ring, comment, question, call, whatever it is. 310-359-8365. That is our hotline. So chime in with some opinions. And uh, please, one request, just try to make sure it's like I can hear it. Okay. Like like, like Bryson. We're now, we're now past the 60 seconds or less thing. We're on to just make sure I can hear you. Like like Bryson, we understood your call today, but you probably, you've been leaving a lot of calls. I haven't been able to really tell like the, uh, the audible or the, the audio level, I should say, hasn't been the best, especially in your car, for example, like this last call, I think was not in your car. I just like, we're like, adding cars to the list of don't be laying down. <laughs> we, we, 
have a history. Let's be honest. We have a history. People going in coal mines. Yeah. People going deep sea fishing. I, when I can't hear a dirt ball, I always just assume that they're stoned and they're hanging upside down like a vampire in the Lost Boys. They're like in a cave, <laughs> in a cave, hanging upside down like a bat. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you guys know the drill. Anyway, social, the dirty sports. And, uh, yeah, that's it for my end. Well, guys, I have a bunch of shows. I'm going to list them um, in order as they come up. Uh, so please come to them if they're coming to a town to you. Tomorrow night, I'll be in Ventura, Topa Topa uh, Brewery Tap Room. Wednesday, Westside Comedy Theater here in L.A. Friday, uh, Mission Beach Resort in San Diego. Uh, last week of May. I will. Oh, sorry. Next Tuesday, I'm at the Hollywood Improv doing a fun, um, it's an improvised show. Five minutes of stand up from the books, and then five minutes of audience suggestions. So if you want to come to that, come to see it in the lab. Um, then last week of May, I'll be back at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas, Nevada. Come to see that last week of May into the first week of June. Um, then June seventh. Stamford, Connecticut, New York Comedy Club, Stamford. This is uh, going to be a really great show. Uh, friends on the show, Mark Gerber, Pete Sestaro, uh, myself probably doing 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, it'll be in and around where I am from. There'll probably be a lot of talk of the roads up there that I used to drink and drive on. Probably be a lot of talk. Stanford's the first place I ever bought liquor somewhat legally, illegally with a fake ID at the 40 store in Stanford. So come to that. It's going to be a homecoming show. If you're anywhere in the tri-state area, even if you're someplace, I'll be closer. This will be the show to come to. And then I'll be in and around New York for the rest of that week and into the next week. Um, all that and more. JoePerno.com forward slash shows. Check it out. See if I'm coming near you. I probably am coming sometime soon. And then shout out to everybody who's gone on to my Substack. Uh, you paid subscribers are already getting some new bits, putting up some, exclusive comedy stand-up comedy content on there for paid subscribers, giving out some gambling picks on there for paid subscribers, giving out lots of other stuff for free subscribers. So go on my sub stack and subscribe, test it out for a little while for free. And then you can decide if like some of the dirt balls who've already started to pay, you want to pay. And I appreciate all you guys who did. That's it for me. So are you off Twitter? What's the deal? Prenna? We need, we need a final on this. I mean, I'm off Twitter, but I'm not off Twitter, but I'm off Twitter. Ah, like I'm, I, I'm checking it far less and just like, I'm just not doing, you know, like sports on Twitter for me, it's like kind of like running game shit. Like the Knicks are on, I'm giving you 10, 12 thoughts during the game. Mets are on, I'm giving you 10. So like, that's always been sort of my Twitter history. Um, I'm not putting that shit up on there anymore. I'm putting that there's a Substack notes. I'm putting stuff on there. Um, you know, uh, my comedy stuff, like when I have a joke in mind now, I'm just like, putting it in my notes, save it for stage. Maybe I'll put it on Substack. Maybe I'll test it out there. It's just like the Twitter game, man. You can't put anything on there without fucking faceless trolls who are now verified fucking coming at you. But there's still, I'm still going on there and dropping some things. There's still 12.8 thousand followers. So I feel like when something has to be said, it has, you know, that needs to like, I'll still promote my shows there. Still throw the ever, ever once in a while thought on there. And then there's still some things that are thrown out toward people on Twitter on there. Like I think every time uh, the NBA breaks a ratings record, I'm going to put it on my Twitter. 
like they've been doing every single game. Just reminding the people that are have the blue check marks that the NBA has, in fact, not gone woke and gone broke. Do you think you're addicted to Twitter? No, because I know I know I'm not because I'm not. Uh, I, I've actually been truly like checking it far less. I think you're addicted. Okay. I think I think. Let me ask you this: Do you think you could just give it up entirely? Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's my take. I don't also, even want to do any of these things. Well, well, here, well, here's my take on that stuff. On just in general across the board for for all of us. I think social media is way more addictive. That's the reason I ask you that personally than a lot of us let on. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think it's like, even for myself, I think it's more addictive. That's my point. Than we all want to let ourselves let on. I mean, I think that there's certainly a thing about, you know, I don't know the, the, I know there's obviously tons of people that like watch and do it for like a million different reasons. And for me, it's like I stopped posting on TikTok as much as when we started to do a TikTok. Then I was like, okay, I'll start putting stuff over there because it's like, you know, us having an audience on it's probably important, more important than me having an audience on it. Also, I've been shadow banned for making fun of Taylor Swift. Um, But like on Twitter, the thing for me is like if I didn't feel like I had built some sort of thing there, I probably wouldn't do it. But then like. The next game will be on, and then I'm checking. I'm checking Twitter because there's still information there that I'd like that's like coming in in real time, which is what what is great. But then I'm not posting because I just don't need the fucking, I don't need the comments and the whatever. But then people will be like, "Yo, blah blah blah, this about the game or whatever." And I'm like, "Fuck!" Like this is how people are now communicating with me, and I'm like, "Shit," you know, like. I certainly don't want Dirtballs texting me my thoughts on the next game. That's why I'm sending everybody to Substack, where it's just fucking. You can have my notes. There's there's threads in there where I can start a conversation thread, and you guys can chime in. So then we can have more of a conversation about it and the whole thing. And it's not just, you know, oh the Knicks this, and then some, you know, picture of a cartoon frog with a blue check marks. Like no one cares about the NBA, dude. No one wants to see equality pass to world peace. Get fucked. And you're like, okay, cool story. Roscoe just barked when you said that. That's probably Roscoe's account. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on Twitter. I, I'm not I'm not tweeting as much, but you know, I'm 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 still I'm still occasionally popping off with uh questions like I did the other day as far as what the protocol is if we tip on carry out. But I'll t- uh, here, here's the uh, here's like a great example. I tweeted the other. I didn't even tweet the other day on Dirty Sports. I just saw a thing. I saw a tweet, and then I used Dirty Sports to reply to it. And then I didn't even. I didn't open Twitter for like two more I days. Saw that. I didn't open for Twitter for two more days, and I was like, oh, 200 likes on a reply. That's interesting. I did see that. I saw that late too. I saw it late too. Yeah, it's a crazy. It's a crazy world out there. Uh, that's our show. Thanks, guys. We did it. And I talked about uh, my uh, my leaving Twitter on the podcast that I put up, which is linked on my Substack. You're all in the Substack, huh? Well, it's a great little it's a great little thing. I'm just getting used to it, but it seems really cool. You can, you know, when you put stuff up, you get a get an email sent out to your subscribers, tell them you got new content up there. It's, you know, I put a put a stand-up clip the other day, and it was cool. Like, you know me, I don't like love putting my stand-up clips online, but I was like, well, this is for people who paid for it. 
So they're getting exclusive. I think I'm gonna have to go back. I haven't. I haven't. I looked. I haven't posted on Instagram since April. I think April fifth, twenty twenty one. A post. Over two years. Maybe I'm gonna bring Instagram back. You're gonna you're gonna personally bring it back. Bringing it back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I still think we need to get you going on the Dirty Sports TikTok game. I know. I know. I know. I'm just gonna start a uh, sort of baby TikTok. Just just videos of of the baby. All right, I need to wrap this up. Speaking of the baby, gotta gotta go see what's going on with with little girl. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. We're out of this bitch. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.